Welcome to episode four of Coffee Talk with me, David. And Tamara Pecinovic Bailey. That's my wife. Um, <laughs> the beefy. Our podcast is all about uh, our life in the village. There is another complimentary podcast called An Englishman in the Balkans where I catch up with interesting people and um, talk about, I don't know, things in more detail. And a good example of that is this coming Sunday, the 24th of December, uh, the latest podcast uh, will be ready for you to listen to. It's um, with uh, Sabina Prayacha, I think. Variata. Yep. Variata. From Banyaluka, originally, who is in the United States and has directed. And she has such a. You like her voice, Sexy don't you? voice. It's unbelievable. Okay. <clears throat> I, wonder what I Sab- love her voice. I wonder what Sabina is going to say about that when she hears that comment. But. Um, She's a director of... She should definitely Se- cash her voice. I mean, she <laughs> She's the director of Sevap Mitzvah, which is a story about um, uh, Muslim people helping Jewish people and Jewish people helping Muslim people. Uh, it's a true story, and it starts off in Bosnia and Herzegovina in 1941. It's uh, nominated for uh, an Oscar in the short film category, and as we record this, I haven't yet been able to get hold of um, Sabina to see if she's in that final envelope. But we've all mm. got our fingers crossed for that. So that's what we're Hopefully about. Hopefully she will be. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I, I'm... I, and I, the I, podcast I is all about uh, interviewing and finding people who are uh, particularly bind to the Balkan area. Yeah. So I think it's a, a good way of... And, or doing something in Balkan or anything to do with people here. Yeah. Not only here, but in, uh, you know, in the region. Yeah. Former Yugoslavia. Bos- yeah, so Bosnia Herzegovina, Slovenia, Croatia, Serbia, Montenegro, yes. XU. and X- XYU, XYU, and Macedonia. So, uh, last week uh, we were talking about baking something, and that was uh, uh, baking Stolen. And you've baked, is it five so far? No, I baked three Stalin so far. David, your mathematical skills are not so too great today. <laughs> let's not go down that route. Let's not go, let's not go down that route. You're using too much calculator, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, most probably, but then I'm an old guy, right? So, yes, we baked three Stalin. Drei Stalin. How many Dresden Stalin. None. We baked Stalin. You're supposed to make Stalin two weeks before Christmas because it tastes better if it sits longer, apparently. But we love Stalin so much that we ate all three of them, including other family members. Are you going to make any more? I don't know. I'm debating. If I make more, we won't be able to wait till Christmas, till we eat it. Well, so. maybe let's make two today, and then we can put one away, hide it. One away. <laughs> for, for Christmas Day. on uh, The plan the was to make four Stalins. <laughs> well, we've only made three so far. Three are gone. So, well, we're supposed to eat only one, David. Were they were they difficult to make? No, they're not. It's very easy. It takes a little bit of time for the dough to rise, and uh, preparation. Think like, yeah, I'm not buying a blanched almonds because they're so expensive. But you can blanch it your own and take the skin off. You need those. It takes a little bit of time, but it's not difficult at all. It's very easy. It's like making any other bread. Trust me. There was a a guy that I follow on uh, Substack, uh, the Private Chef. And he was ta- uh, talking about making Stolen. Um, he's, his late father-in-law uh, was Dutch and was a baker. 
uh, and it was called Kersbrot. Now, Roger Overall, who's like, I think he's half Dutch. He'll tell me, I'll, I'll get a message if I got that wrong. <laughs> but um, he lives um, uh, near Cork um, in Ireland. And he mentioned about smiling when you were mentioning about that. And I said to him, is it, what is it? It's, you know, Kersbrot is Dutch stolen. He said, well, there's kerst, kerst, kerst stol. Kerst usually means cherry, isn't it? No, kerst. As in, as in Christ. It sounds like a cherry. Yeah. Cherry bread. Uh, but anyway, he said there's Kerst Brot and Kerst Stoll. Uh, and we were talking on a on a Zoom call with each other, and then he suddenly sent me this screen grab and he said it's the same thing. But he did mention that if you do put the marzipan in, it's well known that you scrape the marzipan out with your knife and then you Yes, because it on you put top. like a marzipan sausage in it and then you roll the bread, and when the bread is baked it stays like a little round thing. So when you cut the slices, you get marzipan. So you take it out with your knife and you put it inside the butter. And you have it with butter as well. Yes, but I don't put marzipan. That's extra work. And we we were eating it without butter. But then when I found out about the butter... It's easy to make marzipan. Did you like it's it with butter? It's just almond flour. Did with you like it with butter on? But no, I, I like it the way it is, just like plain. Just like plain. Plain. But it, it, it tastes good toasted as well. You can toast it on a pan with a little bit of butter. Oh my god, it's like you've done what with stolen cinnamon bread? I toasted it with the butter on a pan. Tastes even more gorgeous. I know if you, I can only use if you're German and listening to this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm going to use the Serbian word for you now. And you said you said which means uncultured. You said that your mother also toasted one once. No, she did worse. No, she did worse. What did she do? So there, there I am with this. Um, uh, German Stollen and in front of everybody she said oh that's really nice and she disappears and she comes back and she's made custard <laughs> and she's put custard on it oh yeah I custard. thought oh, oh. But, How, if you, but if you don't not know not German <laughs> but if you don't know um, you don't yeah, know yeah but Stollen does taste very good when mm. it's so we've been talking about cross culture in the last two episodes and yeah it is cross cultural for us because there's things that I bring to the relationship and you have uh, and you bring to it uh, and we were talking about people that have left and experiences that they've made with culture but your story is we haven't talked about your story and you leaving in was it 1992 or 1993 93 i left and where did you go i go to canada winnipeg winterpeg winterpeg <laughs> it's so cold there it's unreal when when you left mm-hmm. um you had no english skills did you no, I did not speak any English. Maybe just like a few words, like a house, car, and things like that. Like really, really basic child English. But I learned French in school back in the day for many, many years. But uh, I don't speak French. I don't know. I forgot it all. But uh, I learned English in Canada. Yes. How difficult was it for you? I mean, I, I, I've been to Canada. You know, we stayed together a long time in Canada. I used to come over and visit when I was when I had a contract over there. But so it's easy for me, especially where we were in southern Ontario. But you didn't go to southern Ontario. You were in Manitoba, right? Yes, in Manitoba, which is a middle province. Yes, there's nothing there, just Winnipeg and. So how did you get get by? We. Uh, it must have been difficult walking around. We flew through Hungary, so we had lots of hassle over the Hungarian border. They gave us really hard time. Uh, we flew with Malev airline uh, from Budapest to Toronto. And then when we arrived to Toronto, we have to go to the immigration part. And there was like 
thousands and thousands of people in the line waiting. And uh, we waited, so we missed our plane from Toronto to Winnipeg. And I didn't know any English. My ex-husband, back in the day, he spoke English, but not so brilliantly, you know. So he tried to manage to get us, you know, to stay in Toronto after we did all the paperwork and everything. And uh, he got us a hotel room, I mean the company, because we missed the flight because of immigration, yes? So we didn't have to pay ourselves for the another flight. So they rescheduled our flight because we couldn't make it, obviously, and we stayed in a hotel. And what a shock, oh my God, in the toilet. <laughs> In, in, well, didn't you in, have flushing toilets? No, they had uh, they had the flushing toilets. I mean, but it's so different. We have here, obviously, flushing toilets, but the level of water in European toilets is so low, and the level of water in Canadian toilets is so high. So we thought, you know, when we went to the toilet, <laughs> we thought we'd broken the, how do you say? The flush. The flush. So the water keep coming, coming, and I remember Sanel saying, roll the fucking... T- Roll the, roll the tepeh. This is, we've broken it, we've broken it. Oh my God, how much you have to pay for this? And then the water stops. So that was the first cultural shock in the toilet. Can you believe that? Well, it's great this is a podcast. Uh, that yeah, that was so funny because in Canada, like in, in Europe, uh, in the toilet bowl, it's just like a really low level of water in it. That's right, yeah. You have a little bit. But in Canada, it's like halfway. I filled. remember that, yeah. It's halfway filled. It's so weird. I don't know why. I don't like that. But I got used to it after living there for seven years. But that was the first shock. Like we thought basically we, we broke the, the flush thing and the water wouldn't stop. It was, you know, like filling up. So how did you learn your English? Was it through just just doing it because you live there and bumping into people? Did you do a course or what? We went there. We had a sponsor. Uh, it was the Sanos family, his aunt and uncle. They sponsored us for five years. And when we went there, we didn't have jobs or anything, but uh, they had a cleaning company. So Sanil started to work with them right away. They had their own cleaning company. And I was, you know, I had some books, English books I brought from here. And I studied, you know, in the bed while they were all working. I was studying at home. And then they got me a job at uh, Western Glove Works, which was uh, like a sewing company. And uh, I had a little bit of English lessons there while I was learning how to sew because I didn't know to sew or anything. And then after, I found the ESL, like English as a Second Language classes through the Immigration Center. You know, they help you. There's this also Immigration Center is only specific for women, helping women to integrate into Canadian society, helping them to find a job, learn English. So that's how I found out about these classes. And uh, there was a group near where I live, you know, so we went to elementary school. And uh, that's how I was learning. You know, I was learning really fast. I was learning English like if I didn't work what I did, I was just learning English, 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 because I felt really embarrassed going to the shop and I didn't know what they're asking or anything, you know. So, yeah, I, that's how I learned English. Through it, must have been ESL a, it must have been a big, a big shock because big cars, wide streets, everything. Yeah. That, I mean, it was the former Yugoslavia and it was I remember here uh, so it was totally different from here right uh, th- there's a very good book that everyone should read uh, how we survived the famine uh, um, how we survived communism and even laughed by Slavenka Dracolic and th- in that book it's explained everything like here uh, in 1993 and during the war we did not have a path so we have to make our own 
and find a way to it. And we sanitary used to pads for ladies. San sanitary pads for ladies, yes. But you have to read that book that I mentioned. And uh, we can put it in the description down below. And when I went to Canada and the first salary I got, I went to the shopping and I remember buying the full trolley for all different parts you could ever find. I was so happy. I felt like I'm in a heaven. <laughs> that was a, also another cultural shock that you have so much choice of everything. You can have ketchup and then you can have like a 20 different types of ketchup. Same with pads. Can I, um, can, I, <laughs> can I get a bit intimate with you? No. And another you, thing, another cultural shock thing, but I understood why it's so different than here. Here, when you are invited to the party, you just go to the party, yes? You come to the party, you, you bring a present or whatever to... Like a welcome what, gift. Like a welcome gift, whoever is making the party. But in Canada, if you're going to the party, you have to bring your own drinks. And everything else is like at the party available, like food, it's available. But you have to bring your own drinks, man. And I'm like, oh, how rude is that? You know, you invited me to the party and I have to bring my own drinks. So I find that really like weird. But then I realized because drinks are so expensive in Canada, you know, that that's normal. Like everyone brings their own drinks. Yeah, you, you can only buy them. We used to buy it from the LCBO in Kingston, didn't we? Yes, you, they the have a store, specific store. liquor store, yes. Yeah. So anyway, I and wanna, it's so expensive. I want to talk a little bit intimately at the moment because this is to do with the culture shop. Tell me a little bit more about blowjobs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, learning English is a funny thing, isn't it? <laughs> that was so embarrassing. I wanted to get my hair done, like blow-dried, yes, in a hair salon. So I went to the hair salon and I asked for a blow job instead of blow dry. Blow dry. Blow dry, yes. What, what was the reaction in the salon? They were all laughing, turning their heads like, oh my God, what is she doing? Or muff. You know, like a muffin, muffin. Muff means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what this means? So when we had a special in the restaurant, I put like muffin coffee, $1.50. And then <laughs> I remember my friend Debbie say, Tamara, you can't put muffin. <laughs> I put just a short, yeah, math plus yeah. plus sign, and then coffee equals one fifty dollars. So there was another one, and then laid, get laid, and get laid off. I thought get laid means to lose your job. So my husband lost the job. So when I was telling somebody he got he got laid, you know, he lost his job, and then they were laughing because you're supposed to say get laid off. How did you find Canadians treated immigrants? I mean, that's that's thirty years ago now. Um, was it a good experience for you or not? Did people look down on you? Yeah, they didn't like that. I, they could see that I was an immigrant. They didn't like it, especially because of my English was not all that good. And uh, another thing that I found in Winnipeg, not, not in Toronto, that people are very like, racist. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't sit in a bus by a native in Indian or any colored other person. And if you sit, and I would sit by anybody, I don't care who's who, you know, so they would look at me so strangely. How can you sit by that black woman? You know, like they gave me that look. So that's kind of weird. But I didn't experience that in Toronto or in Kingston. Yeah, because that was just in Winnipeg. It's because really it, weird. Yeah, yeah. Where I was, that's class of Eastern Canada, right? And it's not the Maritimes, but it's mm. Eastern Canada, um, and they're quite quite different. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a little bit of funny <laughs> adventures with English language. 
and yeah, going to the party, you have to bring your own drinks. I don't know what else. And it's the weather like there. It's before you go to work. Another thing also before before I said to the weather is like people are washing their hair in Canada every day. And on minus 60 with the wind chill, they wait for the bus with the wet hair. They never dry their hair. I found that very weird. And in Europe, we don't wash. We wash our hair every three days if you have really greasy hair or once a week. We never wash our hair every day. But Canadians, they have a shower, they wash their hair, and they wait for the bus. Like I've seen women with long hair and their hair freezes on the minus 60, and they're going out with the wet hair. They have a hat on, mm -hmm. but the long hair, everything got frozen, and you can see it's that. What was it like when you came back then? Were you, were you happy to be back, or did you think, oh, I'm back home, or, when or I, was it, I've, where's, where's all the pads, where, where's all the where's all No, the no, no, when I came back here, this country moved already from uh, like a really bad state during the war and uh, communism. We moved to, uh, like, I don't know, kind of half a capitalism, half a socialism, because we're not totally capitalistic. So we had everything here. It was really nice. But the only thing for me when I came back from Canada is everything was so small here, like streets, buildings, coffee bars, restaurants. <laughs> I had to get used to the small because in Canada, everything is huge and wide. And when you drive, you have like so many like lines and uh, the cars are huge. Everything is huge in Canada, like a parking I used to park a car. I, I wouldn't be able to find it for one hour. I forgot where I park it when I used to go shopping in shopping centers in Canada. <laughs> Canada is big. I remember... In it is huge. And when you come back to Europe, you're like, oh my God, everything is so small here. My, my cultural thing with Canada was uh, drinking beer out of pitchers, which I got very used to. I, and double-double. Uh, or uh, Tim Hortons double double coffee, which is deadly, and creamy uh, a Boston cream donut. Boston that was my breakfast. Donut. That was my breakfast. Oh my God. And also uh, <laughs> the biggest burger I've ever eaten, which was the Great Canadian, eh? eh? And I because they all say that, but on the menu it actually said the Great Canadian, eh? Yeah. But they do that. Um, on the, on the subject of food, coming back. Um, I've Let's been, not talk about Stalin anymore. Uh, no, I've been, I've been confused because I have got very used <clears throat> to uh, eating fried bread. And I'll, I'll just uh, clarify that. I used to like eating bread, uh, fried bread when I grew up mm. in England, right? It, it's like a pan with um, lard or whatever, and you'd f uh, fry a slice of bread. And I remember when we went to Canada, especially when I arrived in Canada, uh, everybody said, how can you eat fried bread? And I, I felt rather awkward about it. But then I thought back to living here. And in Bosnia-Herzegovina and the wider region, you have ustipsi, right? Yeah. And they are fried dough balls. Dough balls, yes. Which you eat normally with? Kaimak, like a clotted cream or jam, cheese, meze. You know. Are they normally eaten cold or warm? I particularly like them Warm, warm. warm. They're but you can eat them cold, warm. right? You can eat them cold, yes, yes. But they're nicest when they're warm. Usually you should eat them when they're warm. So yesterday, Tamara and I went back to this restaurant that we found uh, called Cheshire, which means hats. Hats, yeah. Hats, right? And he's got hats. Hats, hats. Hat, sorry. Um, and I wanted to have some more barbecue, as they call it here, um, 
And there is a style from that is particular to the town of uh, Leskovac in, 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 in Serbia, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So they call that Leskovac Kirostil. Yeah. Leskovac barbecue. Yeah. And there it had Leskovacki Ustipsa. Ustipak. Ustipak. My grammar's terrible. You're right. But anyway. But it's meat. It's spicy meatballs. Yeah, but they look. really. But they look like Ustipak. You know, like. No, they didn't. They look like that's how they made. Like when they say ustipak, they're not like a finger chevap. They're like a ustipak. They look like a little, little flat balls. You know, like um, Turkish kofte in a way. That's how they look. Yeah, yeah but you have a picture, so you can post it. Yeah, I will. But ustipak so people can see is, is a dough ball, a fried. Usually, dough ball. yes, but that's how they call it. Leskovacki ustipci means like a leskovacki chevap that looks like a little balls, like a little ustipak. But it's, it's, it's ground beef. Ground beef, lots of spices. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm they feeling the fact of the I, spice I, now. And I think they put some either bacon or ham. I don't know the recipe of Laskovacki. Ustipak, but it's so good. They were. Although I have Laskovacki to say, I was, su- I was suffering with the, uh, the fat content. I mean, last night I did not get a good night's sleep. And we didn't, we didn't eat late, did we? No, not at all. Not at all. But uh, Laskovacki Rostil is famous in Serbia. And now we have it more, more and more restaurants are doing it here as well. And, and they also have the train, train, don't they? What the Leskovacki Vos. The Leskovacki Vos. Yeah, which is which must be something of every every everything, right? It's not a Vos. It's Muchkalitsa. Leskovacka Muchkalitsa. That that's like a I think spicy spicy goulash, in a way. Yeah. I'll have to have that. They have um, that as well there. Leskovacki. Leskovacka Muchkalitsa. Let's, right, let's, let's, let's I'll put a picture of it um, on, um, on, on the, the note, uh, if you can uh, write a comment down below or let us know, that they can send an audio piece, yeah, yeah. you said? There's, an, there's a place where you if can you, ha- you have, you, have you ever moved or lived in another country and just give us some of your aned- anecdotes or, or, or things that you experienced. Uh, for example, lots of people move to Thailand, they spend a year or two there. Or somewhere, if you if you have moved anywhere from your original, like your mother country, let us know. We would like to know, and we can maybe put it in the next podcast. Yeah, and it, we, there's a button on Substack and uh, elsewhere. There's a, a link where you can record your own, you know, your own audio, and then we can uh, integrate it into the podcast. I I learned a phrase when I first came here. It was, um, you know, my friend Sasha at the time said, "Oh." This is good, funny, and I went. What does it mean? And and I I practice this, and then I somebody said, "Do you speak any Serbian?" I went, "Yeah," and they said, "Give it a go then." And I said this thing, and it was not very um, polite, shall we put it that way? And everybody's quite shocked. Enough of food. Well, well knock her up. For, no, I, oh, no, we, we, we will not talk about me saying knocking somebody up in in Canada. That uh, that's for a whole different podcast. Finally, on the food topic, what's um, off the top of the head? What's for the first of our two Christmases. What are we doing to celebrate my Christmas, the 25th of... We do like this, a fusion. So, what, what, can you, I know you haven't got the list in front of you, but what are some of the things that, you, that we're going to be serving to your family? Okay, we're going to make lots of cakes. Like, I'm making a cheesecake. I'm making a bounty cake. I'm making a Madonna Sertze bowl, little balls. That's like a, a honey. Balls, yes. Honey balls. I'm making two more stolens. Hopefully, they're going to survive until the Christmas. I'm making a Raffaello balls. 
and my mother, she's making, I think, reforma torta, and she's making a lazy cake, which is just like a lot of ch- cake with a lot of chocolate, chocolate and biscuits. Yeah, when you have, it's really good. When, when you have tomorrow's mother's and lazy she, cake, you, you just she crash. made it yesterday and she sent it to us. But my dad went to <laughs> to 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 my uncle in Slatina, which is the village down near us, and he put it. He was taking something out of the car. And he plays that by his tires. And my uncle has a dog, and the dog stole the, the thing. But the whole cake that she sent it to us, and he ate it. But he was going to stole the bones, because he, the bones were there too. But I guess he couldn't couldn't realize. So he stole the wrong things, because she sent bones for the dogs here. So our dog's got the bones. Yeah, so the one of the dogs, he ate so much fun. And so what, much cake. So that's the sweet sweet element. What about the savory element? Meat, soups, what do we have? Yeah, this, then we're going to have like a, as an appetizer, it's going to be meze that we usually order from uh, our local shop. The ladies make it really What's nice. Normal, what, what is normally in a meze? In the meze, it's like all different cuts of salami, like kulan, china, uh, sir, peka. Ham. Ham. And then uh, Chicken ham. Yeah. So and, we, and, we're they make, have and they that. make it, and they make it. We, we could do it ourselves, but it's, it saves a lot of time, doesn't it? Plus, the lady, when she does it, she she makes the sliced cheeses and everything look like um, flowers, doesn't she? Yeah, she in does. petal shapes. It's really nice. I'll have to do a photograph <coughs> of that. <coughs> okay. So we'll have that with cheese scones, which is a British totally cheese scones with cheddar cheese. With cheddar cheese, I have a the BBC has a very simple and great recipe. They always turn out. Good. And your dad loves scones. Everyone thought, loves scones. I, I never thought. That I always have to make a triple batch, because single batch doesn't make enough. Same with Stalin, you know. And you have to make ten Stalins to have two saved for Christmas. Stalin is an excellent breakfast. What are we having meat wise? And then uh, for the that's a meze, and then we're gonna have uh, like uh, my mother's gonna do veal under such. It's like a style. We don't have a such, but she's gonna do it in the oven that style. And we're gonna have potatoes. And uh, roast potatoes. Yeah, steamed and roast vegetables. Lots of pickled salad. Um, turtle. And for people that have been following um, the podcast and the blog and everything else. The um, some, some of the produce that is grown in the summer gets uh, pickled, doesn't it? Such as little um, cucumbers and bell peppers and everything. Or mixed pickled salad with. And so all those things that were made will be eaten as a cold side salad, really. Yeah. And you're going to do cabbage salad as well, or not? Um, no, I don't think so. No, it's uh, in the winter. We, I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, put down the lavachka salata and the paprika and senf. That's like really good. That goes with the meat. In the winter, we usually eat pickle salads in here, in this country. That's we right. don't eat fresh salads. And we eat lots of soups, goulash and things like that in the winter. But in the summer, we eat like a fresh salad. We don't eat pickled. I'm looking forward to it. Although it is death by food, isn't it? It is. And I'm cooking like when, when we make the food, my mother's going to do the meat. But when we make the food... I like to cook so we can eat like at least two or three days after. Yeah, yeah Roger so said there's that. No cooking Roger because said we, yesterday, we he said Tamara seems to be doing nothing but cooking at the moment. Yeah, I know. And uh, yeah, we, we'll do lots of cooking. I like cooking. I love, I don't like making cakes, but I love, love savory cooking. I love eating it. Do you? Yeah, I really do. We have some pineapple chicken left from yesterday, the day before. Really? Yeah, you can have that. Okay. 
Well, we are going to go off now and we've got to go and um, do some shopping. And cooking. And cooking and start to prepare everything for Christmas. So we're going to start decorating. Um, we do it sort of like later rather than sooner. I said to Roger yesterday as well, you know, to put up a, a Christmas tree on the 1st of December and to some, take it. Some people do it. Some people do. And, and they have it two months on. And almost. then they take it down on the 6th of January. But then again. No, the, the, they leave it until uh, no, Serbian New Year. No, in, in, in my culture, it comes down on the 6th. Oh, okay. But then, you see, on the day that we would take down the Christmas tree, that is the day before Serbian Orthodox Christmas. So the whole thing starts again. Mm -hmm. So if you, were to, if you were to do it with both of these cultures, the Christmas tree would be up on the 1st of December and wouldn't come down till. oof. Some people love it so much they would keep it the whole year. Yeah, they would. But I mean, you've got it looks two, nice, you've doesn't got, it? Yeah, but you've got two months of it. And I think it's a little bit too much for me. Okay. And on top of that, um, with... Six cats. Six cats and two crazy dogs. dogs. Who chase each <laughs> other around and everything. You can see where we're going with that. But we're going to lift it up, don't worry. We will. So that's it for episode four. As Tamara said, your cultural experiences of moving away from your country of birth and going to live in another country, how you cope with the language, food and whatnot, um, please either leave us um, a voice a comment or just, there's plenty of places where there's links to, to make comments and we would like to talk about that in the next podcast, which will be after my Christmas. So we won't be doing any more of these before the 25th. Okay. So happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Um, Sretan Božić, which is also... What about New Year's Eve? Are we gonna do it before? Oh yeah, we'll do one. We'll do one before New Year's Eve. Yeah, we'll do one before that, and then we'll do one before um, Orthodox Christmas as well. So wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for being with us this year in 2023. Do have a safe Christmas if you're celebrating on the 25th. Don't drink and drive. Please do not drink and drive or do anything silly. Um, and we will catch you on the next one. So vidimosa. Vidima se, see you, dovigenia, arrivederci, ciao, bella. <laughs> And tot scenes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.